Welcome to Clarity to Launch, the podcast. I'm your host, Natanya Bravo, founder of the Bravo Life, business and mindset coach, and a woman on a mission to help you acknowledge that internal whisper and gain the clarity you need to launch a life you truly love. Years ago, I followed my own whisper and took a leap of faith, leaving behind a six-figure salary and everything I knew to fulfill a one-day dream of moving to Paris. That one tough decision led me to creating a seven-figure business, marrying the love of my life, and helping thousands of women use their passions to uncover their purpose and create the income and impact they were born to. It all boiled down to one decision. Was I going to keep telling myself one day or make today day one? Now it's your turn to decide. Clarity to Launch is here to give you the tools you need to guide you along the way. All you have to do is decide. So are you ready? It's time to launch the life you were born to live. Denny, I am so glad to have you on here. And I feel like this is like one, a full circle moment, which we'll get into. But also, you are literally one of my favorite people to talk to. I know we we're just talking Aww. right now because you are so authentically you in everything. <laughs> and it's both admirable, but also just. I think you have a way of putting everyone at ease in any space, in any room that I just appreciate. So I just wanted to start by telling you that, but I'm glad you're here. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you for that. It feels, it feels good to be seen. It really does. Yes. So I'm not even going to read your bio yet. You all will get that in the show notes, but as I was reading your updated bio, which I love, the term culture whisperer stuck out to me. I'd love to hear in your words, what is a culture whisper? Yeah. So let me back up because I think that it's important to really define what I believe is culture, especially in the context of an organization, right? So I work with corporates, nonprofits, startups, all of those. And so in the context of an organization, like the culture to me is like, the water, it's the air, it's the current, it's the space that you're in. And so your culture is either helping to propel you forward towards your goal, or you're going against, it's going against you and it's holding you back. And, and so when I say that I am the culture whisperer, I have lived in these spaces. I have survived these spaces. Um, Even if I had sort of the bumps and bruises to, to show for it, but I understand and can point out where there are gaps between what you say you want, what the culture you say you're creating, the work environment you say that you have, and what's actually the lived experience. And I can help then connect the dots and close those gaps so that everyone can show up whole, right? Because that's the goal. The goal is that everyone can be their whole selves wherever they go whole, full, authentic, genuine. And that creates the space for like all sorts of things, magic, innovation, ingenuity, creativity, more money, more whatever. I love that. And tell me, you said that you'd been in those spaces before and maybe not had that opportunity. Do you feel like when you were in corporate that you, I I know at the beginning I said, I appreciate that you show up as your whole self. Were you able to do that when you were in corporate? Yes and no. Right. So, okay. For those who are just listening, 
I'm a black chick based in in America, right? So this, <laughs> we, have, we have to put some context there. I am just a typical black girl or woman, I guess now, so I'm kind of old. But the way we have been trained to show up in professional spaces, our definition of professional, that is based in a cisgender old white man. Mm-hmm. That's what professional is. And so all throughout life, we have been taught when you get into these spaces, you have to tone down how you speak, adjust your language or code switch, as we like to call it. You have to change your hair. You have to, you know, don't be too energetic, but don't be too reserved because, you know, they want to they want to feel like they know you. So you have to conform to fit these spaces. And I remember like coming straight out of undergrad and trying to do those things and trying really hard. I can remember my very first job. I was um, I was working in a leadership development program at Merrill and I had bought, like went online. There used to be this catalog called Learners and I got the catalog and I went online and I bought all these cheap suits, like $30 suits. But I had, girl, I had a closet full of my little $30 suits with the elastic in it, honey. And you couldn't tell me anything. I walk into work in my suit and my little heels and my little makeup. The culture in that space was like, no, we're not wearing suits and heels. You're you're in Jersey. You're in the Jersey home office. You're not in New York City, right? right. What are you doing, little you know, little twenty two year old trying to you know come in here like you're doing something, your old cheap suit. And so, but that's what they told me. <laughs> culture told me, professional told me that you have to you know dress for the job that you want and not the job you have, and always be polished and. You know, Denise, you don't smile enough. So you start chewing gum so that you're always looking like you're smiling at, well, what did you do this weekend? Oh, nothing much. I can't, I can't say what I did this weekend because I don't want you to know that I spent the whole weekend binging Real Housewives of Atlanta. That's not your business. And not only is it not your business, but I don't think that you're going to appreciate it. I don't think that you're going to value it. You're going to, you're actually going to think less of me if I share that. And so like, I distinctly remember when I decided to go to business school, one of the things that I said and I wrote it down was that I want to be whole. I don't want to show up. I don't want to pretend I want to take off the mask mm-hmm. and I want to be my whole self. I don't want to live two different lives. So there's like the work person and the home person. Literally, they were calling me two different names. Like people would use my first name at work and at home, I went by my middle name. Like I was literally feeling like separate people. It was stressful. And so I tried that in business school and it was hard. It was hard because I needed to play the game. Like there's was one of five or five black women in school with me at the same time five yeah out of like 260 five right so I I tried to be whole and authentic but that also left me like in my own little space in my own little circle because it wasn't I wasn't playing the game and so I try to like tweak it a little bit when I left business school and went to went back into corporate and that I wasn't being phony anymore. Like, yeah, I went natural. I can wear my own hair. I didn't sort of try to overdo or underdo anything. But I still was like struggling because they didn't know what to do with me. Mm. So now I'm like, okay, here I am. I'm trying to be myself. I'm not conforming. And because I'm not conforming, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm now I'm struggling even more. And so you, I would like, vacillate between like being whole and then okay playing the game and I keep trying would if I do it this way will it work maybe I try this way (sighs) exhausting 
all the things. So tell me for someone that right now is in that space, I know you work with a lot of corporations to not create that type of energy, but for someone who's in an organization or a corporation and experiencing that, what would your advice be to them? Should they just leave? You know, everyone always says, quit your job, go do something else. <laughs> not leave, should they? It, de- it depends, right? As the consultants answer the safe answer. It depends. I always say that there is a risk in staying put when um, when the space is not nurturing for you, right? It's a there you're you're giving up something by staying in a place that does not value you, that doesn't know how to leverage you, right? And so it's our default, especially for those of us who are like high performing and have all sorts of like ambitions. It's our default to say, okay, well, what what can I do differently? How can I try to do it better? So yes, I always say check yourself first, right? Are there some things that I could be doing better? Is is it me? And then once you've answered that question with that a resounding no, which is usually like, it's usually no, no, it's not you. Like I'm doing all things I'm supposed to do. Once you've done that, then like, what is it apart? What is it about this space that is not supportive? So if it's an individual, right? How do I move around that individual? Is it, if it's just the culture overall, can I influence that? And if those answers are no, or the question that I ended up asking myself was, can I reach my potential here? Mm. And when that question came back as a no, that's when you know you got to leave. And I think part of it is we think, we think that leaving is the greatest risk. And oftentimes staying put is a greater risk because mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not taking into consideration the opportunity cost of staying put what we're leaving behind, what we're missing out on, what we're not doing because we, we were too afraid. We got complacent, we settled, or we let fear take over. We were too afraid to go find it. And it exists. And if it doesn't exist, you can create it. And that's the other thing. Like things have changed where you know our parents and our parents' parents may not have had the same freedoms and chances to create what we want or even the same number of opportunities that we have. So I'm not saying they're in abundance or just go get your job and everything's going to work out perfectly. But I am saying it's probably not as uh, risky and scary as you think. We always like go to the most extreme. Oh yeah. my gosh, if I leave this company and I hate this new job, I'm going to be stuck there until I retire at this job I hate. No, no. You're going to go find another job, right? If you don't like the next job, then you'll find a different job. Right. Oh, if I, if I quit my job and I go start a business and the business doesn't take off the way I want it, I'm going to be poor and destitute and out on the street. I'm going to mm-hmm. lose my home. No, no ma'am. <laughs> you got 15 years of experience, a PhD, Fortune 100 companies on your resume. If your business don't work, you'll try another business or you'll go get another job or something before you end up on the street. <laughs> I mean, I would be serving drinks, whipping, serving exactly. trays before I'm on the streets. There's, yeah. there's too much hustle in you for you. Now, there might be some folks who don't have the same ambition and they need to stay where they are because they know if, if this don't work out, they they not gonna figure it out. Right. But for the most, for the most of us, that's not the case. You know, no, I, I vividly remember looking up jobs at department stores, at restaurants, just so I knew what was available. I was I was prepared. If I, I'm going to figure it out, I'm not going to be destitute on the street begging for change. 
And then, and we know that about us, but we never, the fear is so strong. The fear is that level destitute on the street. You, even though, you know, I'm never going to be destitute on the street because the fear is so strong and you don't give it enough. You don't like evaluate, like what's the fear saying? Why does it feel so strong? What's the issue? You don't evaluate. You're like, well, I can't do it because I'm a little, it's a little bit risky. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, let's talk about the risk. What's the risk? What's the worst that can happen? You end up right back where you are today. <laughs> so let's That's go back to that know. time because I want to go back to, I think you found me from an ad. You saw my webinar in January, 2020. And this was right around the time you had made the decision to leave. Can you take us back to where you were emotionally, mentally, like actually tactically, what were you doing during that time of January, 2020? So right before the world was introduced to our favorite friend, COVID. Oh, oh my gosh. I was... I had just taken the leave or was just about to take the leave and my time had come. I tried all the things, right? I had been so beat up in the corporate space and I was just over it. I remember vividly uh, a really good friend told me probably two years prior, she said, Denise, you are in an abusive relationship with your employer. Mm. And, you know, it hit me like I heard what she said. But in the moment, I was like, girl, no, I don't do abuse. <laughs> girl, no, that's not that's not me. It's, it's not it's not them. It's me. I, I need to try to do it like this. So I'm just going to give it give it my all and try it again like this. And then right. if it doesn't work, I'll figure something else out. Right. That was a story I told myself. Before I told myself, well, who else is going to pay me this much to do to do this, right? And and then I also told myself, well, how dare I be ungrateful, right? Mm-hmm. So many people would kill to live this yes. life, would love to have this role, these opportunities. Yes. How dare I be ungrateful? And then it was, well, I got all these people that I'm, I'm married. I got a kid now. I got a mortgage. I got responsibilities. I can't just, you know, be irresponsible. I'm a, I'm a role model. Like all of these things kept coming up and bubbled up. And it was like, these conversations were like ideating in my head. I, I said I would have like this quarter life crisis about my career every like two or three years, like for a, a whole decade. And so even when she said, Denise, you're in an abusive relationship with your employer, I didn't fully believe it. I was like, let me try again. I stayed for another two years. And in that two years, I, I, I'm actually working on like a talk right now. And it's like when whispers turn to screens mm, in yes. that two years. Because, you know, when you are when you are out of order, when you are out of alignment, at some point, like you get a little nudge, you get a little inkling. Oh right? Talking about this, you talk about that. You talk about how you feel it in your gut, right? You feel it in your spirit. You see the signs, the writings on the wall, and you just ignore them. Well, it, it's a tap, and then it's like a uh-huh. and it's then you tap on the window. And yeah, like you know, it's knocking you out. And you're like, you know, you can't, you can barely get up from all the blows you're taking at this point because that whisper has had to get so loud to get your, your attention. And I mean, I, I won't even go into like the trauma that had to happen for me to finally wake up. Mm-hmm. But when I did, it was, you know, I was expecting my company had gone through like several um, voluntary separations. 
And so I was like, I want to be ready the next time because I want to go. I want to be free. And so even if I can't find a job that fast, I'll have a cushion, right? So I was like, but I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to do. So here I am, like late 30s. Like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. So that was the other thing that kept me stuck. So I, like, yeah. what else could I do? I don't, I don't know. And um, I hired my like first coach that I paid. Meanwhile, I've been coaching for a while. Right. Internally, never paid, never paid for it because I was coaching for my company. I never paid for coaching. So I hired my first coach that I paid. And our whole point was, what am I going to do when I leave here? So when they say we're making this, we're making a, a voluntary separation, I can raise my hand and say, yep, let me out of here. I'll, I'll take whatever you're offering, friends. And so fast forward, they did that. I wasn't ready. And I was like, I'm not going to take it. It was like right before, right before uh, Thanksgiving, the year mm. 2019, I was like, Ooh, it came too fast. Cause I made this decision to start working with a coach at the beginning of October. Right. Like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. It came too fast. I'll just wait for the next time. I'll just wait for the next time. Mm. And somebody uh, needs, I just have to pause because somebody that's listening has just said that to themselves. And I want you to just do a double think about it because that whisper <laughs> is going to get louder to get your <laughs> okay so you you weren't ready it's thanks I, I wasn't ready I said I wasn't ready I was like I'm just gonna wait the, I'm gonna wait till the next time I'm not ready and then you know no matter what you believe in whether it's God the universe whoever whatever right that like yeah, I'm, I'm already getting knocked out, like knock out, drag out fights with this whisper that's gotten so loud at this point. And so it's like the end of November. I'm not ready. I'm not going to take it. We had to decide by like mid-December. And, and it was probably a week before the deadline. And my department decided to have our holiday party catered by a company that had what could be considered by many ethnic minorities, particularly black folks in the South, could be not just offensive, but a word that is like, has a connotation of like, this is not safe. I am not safe with these people, right? Mm And when they, and I'd spoken up with their leadership team, like, hey, y'all, I don't think we should have a catered by them. And they're like, oh, no, it's okay. They don't mean it that way, la, la, la. And so, like, I just let it go, right? I let it go. And then the day of this holiday party, I couldn't sleep the night before I'm tossing and turning. I feel like I failed my team. So I, I called, I'm like the most senior person of color in the department. I call all of my direct reports of color and everybody, all of my peers, direct reports of color too. And I'm like, Hey y'all, I feel like I failed y'all. This is what happened. What can I do to fix it? I know it's the day of, do you want me to take you out for, for lunch? Should we bring something in ourselves? Like what can happen? And one guy was like, you know what, Denny, I, I was just going to go to, you know, I got a free coupon for a sandwich. And if I had another one, I would give it to you. Cause I was just going to go grab a sandwich and bring it with me. Cause I wasn't going to eat that. And everyone else was like, you know what? We expected this. We're used to this. You know, it's no big deal. Don't extend any political capital. And I felt so bad. I felt terrible that day. I didn't eat. Everybody else did. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, I, this can't be it. And, and, and then what took it to the next level was that even when it got escalated, because I went to sort of HR and talked about it, I went to my manager, like, hey, I want to readdress this because I think this is a problem. And it still got brushed off. And what got me was that 
even other black folks in leadership brushed it off. Mm. It's not that big of a deal. Don't worry. And I was just like, this can't, this can't be, this can't be for me. I can't, I cannot. And so then I was like, okay, yep, we're going to hold, we're going to go ahead and take it. We're going to go ahead and take this. I don't know what I'm going to do. We're going to have to figure it out. Now, the figuring it out part was when I, when I had engaged with this coach, this paid coach for the first time, she pulled me her prices. And so, you know, we get, we're not accustomed to spending money on personal development. We as a people do not spend big money. We might buy a book. Right. Right. Yoga class. (laughs) (laughs) And even, and even less so when it comes to professional development, right. right? We are not accustomed to spending that. We might pay somebody to do our resume if it's under $200. Right. If it's more than that, we're going to ask questions about it too. Even if that resume is going to get you a $30,000 increase, mm-hmm. right? You still question that $200. We are not accustomed to it. And I wasn't, I was, I'm no, you know, I'm, I was the same way. I was not accustomed to spending that money. So when she first quoted her price, I was like, Ooh, child, listen, <laughs> I will say you're not worth it, but I got it. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to give you that for some conversation, friend. I'm just not going to be able to do it. But what I love about her is she said, Denitris, I want you to think, I want you to be expansive. Ask for what you want. Mm. Ask for what you want. And I was like, you know, because now I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but you know, here's what, here's what, here's what the pockets can do. Right. And I stretched it a little bit. I was like, okay, so here's what I can do. Yeah. And she was like, okay, I will accept that if you agree that our first goal in working together will be launching you a side business, doing some coaching, because she already knew that I was a coach. I was coaching internally, trained, certified, all the things. And I was like, you know what? Because if you can charge this and people are paying it, then and she's like, so you can make some more money so you can actually afford to pay my fee. Right. I'm like, well, girl, it's a win-win. Right. So that's what. And so when I finally took the the separation and was ready to leave, I was like, I'm just going to launch my coaching business because if she can do it and I'm still got time coaching with her so she can help me figure this out. And I just so happened to be on Facebook because that's like where I am. Facebook is my place. I saw your ad and it read like you were telling my story. Like when you talk about like how to get the copyright and draw your person in, like you drew me all the way in, like, yep, I felt it in my gut, right? I want my day one day. I don't want my one day to be my day one. I am ready, girl. That's me. Yep. I wrote, yes, that's exactly me. I feel it. I've been throwing the spaghetti at the wall, like all the things. Like I even remember two years later, like you the remember key, the copy. I'm the like, okay. to the copy, right? And so I was like, this is me. You are like strumming my pain with your fingers. And so <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me go ahead and buy that uh, and get started with that. And that might have actually, that might have been the purchase I made my first week, my first week home. It was either right before, I either made that purchase like right while I was out on holiday break or my first week home. And here's how, here's how things happen because you can get tripped up. The the um, the night, the morning before I was scheduled to go sign my separation papers, my son, who was two at the time, or was about was one and a half at the time, had a seizure. Oh my gosh. He had a seizure. We'd never experienced anything like that. I was upstairs, my husband was downstairs with him. 
he comes running up the stairs, call 911, call 911. Like it's this big, like dramatic, traumatic event, right? He has a seizure. It lasted longer than, you know, the typical febrile seizure does. Apparently these things are common, but they don't last that long. He got it, made it to the hospital. We stayed overnight. I had to push back signing my paperwork. And I was like, well, what if this is something serious? Do I want to leave my good paying job with my insurance, insurance. thing, right? And I might have a child who, who might need more dedicated, more extensive medical support. And I was thinking about backing out. Mm. And that is, there will always be one last test. Do you really want this? When you hear that whisper, the whisper, and then you're like, hey, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You hype yourself up. You're like, yeah, I got this. And then there's one more little thing to be like, are you, are you really committed to this? I was, I was like, what do I do? You know? And so the, like that first question was like, can you reach your potential here? And then I had a dream. And in that dream, like I'm sitting in like this room and in walks me, mm. the older version of me, right? And it's like the person that I'm supposed to be comes in and she was like, girl, what is you doing? Like she said it just like that, like, you know, Maryland accent, girl, what is you doing? Like, <laughs> girl, no, what is you doing? You messing us up. This is not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Get it together, all the things. And like, I just had this moment and it was like, the dream, you know how dreams are like, they're not like actually in sequence. It's kind of like a thought. So like, I think I saw me come in, but I also feel like I think I heard the story in my head. And so I'm still telling the story. So I don't know what the dream really truly was, but it was essentially if, if the person you were supposed to be were to walk in, what would she say to you? Would you be on track or would you be messing things up? And so in that moment, I was like, if I stay, I'm messing up because I know I can't reach my potential here. I already know it. The culture has signaled every way it could Mm -hmm. that I cannot reach my my potential here. They don't know how to use me. And it's not that they're a bad place. It's just that they're not the place for me. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, you know, you can plant, you can plant a cactus in the desert and it'll be fine. You cannot plant a rose bush in the desert and expect it to be fine. That doesn't mean that the desert can't produce plants mm-hmm. it's just not the place for you and that was that was like the true thing like I can't because it's the risk like what's the opportunity cost of you staying put in a place that you can't reach your potential like do I want to give up my potential yeah for secu- for security so people can be like oh you work at such and such yeah and I walked I mean we got really we got we got um released from the hospital Monday like late morning I drop husband, kid off, make sure they're situated with everything they need. I change my clothes real quick. And then I walk, I run up to the office, which is not far from, from where I live. And I sign my paperwork. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this. Mm. This freedom, this, you know, it's, it's really wild. And I mean, no, I left my job January, 2020. And then three months later, we were in like this global pandemic. Yes. And I was like, well, <laughs> we gonna have to make it do what it do because we are already free and I am not going back. 
But I remember three months after that, or maybe four months in July, you had your first five figure month. Yes. Yes. Like, so I, so I left in January. I wasn't even like actively, I was like, I was like trying to like figure life out those first. Cause I'm a planner, right? Strategy is my whole thing. I'm all about planning and I will plan and plan and plan. I won't do a thing. Execution is not my thing. I'm all about strategy. So I was planning. Denny, it's so I, I call her Denny, but the Nitris and I have been working. We worked together off and on since that time. And I always said, Denny, you got all the ideas. If you need an idea, Demetrius is your girl. She has all the ideas oh, yeah. all <laughs> and great ideas. ideas. I'm not just talking about any kind of ideas. She has great, amazing ideas. <laughs> I have the ideas. I know what you're supposed to do in order to get to where you're trying. I can see where you're trying to go. I know what steps you're supposed to take. I just don't want to take any of the steps. <laughs> <laughs> Getting me to take the steps is the hard part. And it's funny, like, I, you know, I used to have a sticky on my monitor from you, like take bold, messy action. I say it all the time. I say it to my clients all the time. You got to take the bold, messy action. And now I have a new sticky that's like, girl, just send the damn message already. Yes. Stop, stop stalling, start selling. Like it's, it, it's just like, I don't want to do it. And so I spent two months swirling, not selling a thing, just so, you know, talking to folks. And then in March, in March, I signed my first client. And that. in March, I started um, this part-time coaching subcontract, which, you know, those were the things where I was like, you know, you, you when you see fear, like describe what makes you afraid, like what's the risk right there and how can you mitigate them? Because that's the strategy to me. Like, how do I mitigate the risk? Well, let me find a little bit of part-time income so I know I have something coming in. And so I had that. Those two things happened in March. So in March was like officially when I felt like I was actually in business. And it's, and it's, it's so amazing how things come full circle because when I was in corporate, I went to business school for general management with sort of a focus on strategy. Mm-hmm. And I went into a manufacturing organization that was all about operations and marketing. And so I kept saying, they kept saying, Denitris, what do you want to do? What, what function do you want to like pick, pick your function? Cause that's how you grow here. You got to pick a function, pick your major and you go up the ranks. And I could never do that because no, I don't want to go work on a factory line. And you say in order for me to do marketing, I have to go in the field, right? In the country as a, you know, early thirties black woman. No, I'm not doing that. Like that is, no, I'm not. That's not that. I don't want no hardship assignments. And so, no, I'm not doing those things. So I could never do it. But I want like I was doing all this important work, like strategic planning, you know, strategy briefs for our chief executive officer, working directly with our, you know, chief economist, all sorts of things. And no one like understood the value of it. It was like I was like, I feel like I'm doing like really important things that no one appreciates. It's stressful. It's frustrating. Right. And I kept saying I can't pick a major because here's what's important to me. I'm smart. I can figure it out. Here's what I want. I want global exposure, the the ability to lead and develop a team. And I want to have real meaningful business impact. Mm -hmm. If you give me those, you can probably plot me almost everywhere and I'll be good. And so when I got my first client, they were an expat on assignment in Spain. Yes, I remember this. Right. They were thinking about what their next move would be. They were considering, do they want to repatriate back to the States or do they, they, do they want to like try to figure out a way to become an expat and, or, or, and to stay, right? Or do they want to even 
go back to school for something, right? And so like I'm having, I'm helping make decisions that are going to be life-changing. It's global. (laughs) I can completely measure the impact and I'm helping to develop. I'm developing all of your thought part, all of your thoughts and and way, the way that you're considering these things. And it was actually wild about halfway through our engagement. We had, we kept saying, you know, let's live your life like an expat. That was one of the, one of his goals. Let's, I want to live my life like an expat. And, And one day I was like, you know, I keep feeling this resistance. Do, do you not want to go back home? Do you, we keep saying you want to live your life like an expat? Do you want to continue to be an expat? Right. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want to stay. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And the there we hung up the call and he was going to have a, a dinner with a friend. And the very next day he sent me a message like, you know what? When I have a dinner, my friend was like, hey, I know of a role that's coming up that's here. They're looking for someone with your exact skill set. Mm. right they're looking for someone it's a u.s-based company or i don't even know they're u.s-based but they had a, a office there in spain and they wanted him right he had he was finagling you had a job offer in your hand as soon as you said i'm this is what i want the universe god whoever you want it, it provides mm-hmm. right you just gotta say it out loud and i was just like oh my god look at that impact i just whether you take it or not i just told you this this is what's possible you gotta dare to say what i want to do and if you're bold enough to say it, then everything else is going to come together in trying to support you and making it happen. Yes, the alchemist. Um, for anyone that's read that book, I have to go back to three things you said before we wrap up. So first was, because I want to make sure people didn't skip over that. When you talked about your dream and the, the future version of yourself coming back and looking at you now, I think that's something we can all do as like a gut check to know if we're on or off path. Sometimes we fake confusion. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't know what to do you know. (laughs) And if you don't know, go and pretend that 10 years from now, you is coming back to look and see how you're living your life. Personally, professionally, doesn't matter. What would he or she have to say about the, where you are and what your decisions are and how you're navigating. The second thing I wanted to come back to is what, I don't think I've ever told you this. So you were not my first client, but I referred to you as my first client in what was a new season of my business. So while you were going through all your transition, I had in September, like this failed launch, what was working no longer worked. I was like contemplating going back and getting a job. I was like, I'm tired. I don't want to keep trying. I don't want to keep pivoting. I don't want to keep adjusting. And in November, I paid a very high sum for coaching, which we all have at this point, um, just on faith. Like I was basically investing almost all that I had in my savings, a high five-figure investment to figure out what I needed to do next. And I spent the next three months, so from October, November, December, revamping everything, changed the name of the program. The program Denature's joined is Clarity Launch Academy and restarted all the marketing, all the things. And it had been maybe about two weeks and I was getting some traction, but no one had bought. You were the first sale of that new season. And I remember you paid in full. And I remember (laughs) I screenshotted the sale and sent it to my mom because my mom's my little like cheerleader. I was like, someone bought it finally. Oh my gosh. And I was so excited. So I just have to thank you for also seeing me. Oh my gosh. Because you were the motivation I needed at that next stage of my journey. I love that. You didn't tell me that. So I'm glad to, I'm glad to hear that. That's amazing. And then the last thing I have to say, what you were just talking about, about, you know, speaking it and it coming. And I think something that we hear that and we're like, sure, I'm a millionaire. Okay. Where's the money. Right. But it's so true because even on our first calls, when you were in Clarity Launch Academy, we worked one-on-one, you were saying, you weren't even saying like, 
I think I'm a try. You were like, I want to have a multiple six figure business. I want to have an organization that supports other organizations. You were saying all of that and you've done it in literally two years. Like I, I just want you to, hopefully I know that I know you know it logically, but I hope that you take the moment to like soak that in. Two years ago, you were just like, this is what I want to do. I just left this job and I want to create, and you've done it. You have people supporting you. Denitris was just in Barcelona. She's got corporations flying her out. We talk about being flewed out. Debbie's getting flewed out, but with yeah. corporate checks. <laughs> me and two friends, right? All of us ready to go. So I'm just, I'm so inspired by your journey because you are, even we all have the moments of doubts, right? So we've all been there. Of, this ain't working. Nothing's working. I'm over it. But you, you kept your vision and you've like literally far exceeded all the things that you have said you want to do. So my last question for you is now, what is your one day dream? Oh my gosh. Um, what's the thing that makes you excited, makes you a little bit scared? But what's that? Because you've done so many of what was your one day dream already just in these two years. Yeah. And I, and I love that you bring this point out because I also say, I always say like, you know, your ultimate goal, it's these, your dreams, you, they iterate, mm -hmm. right? You get to change them. The more you learn, the more access and exposure you get to things. And before I tell you my one day dream, I want to say the last engagement, we just did your mastermind at the end of last year, beginning yeah. of this year. And I was, I think I said, I want to make sure that I was consistently doing like 8K or 10K months. Yes. Maybe it was the last engagement or the, the engagement before we were doing one. I was like, yeah, I yeah. consistently do 8K months. If I could do mm -hmm. that, I feel really, really good. And then in your mastermind, I said, I want to have a $100,000 quarter. Yes. And, and then we did that. And I didn't set anything else. I was like, okay, let's do like, you know, still, you know, a few 400,000, 500,000, 600,000 like that this year. Like that's going to be the, the 2022 goal. And I didn't really, you know, think much of it. I'm just out here trying to launch and build and, and do the things. And then I ran the numbers and came back and I celebrated like my very first, it was never a goal. Cause I mean, it was so far beyond all the goals that I'd already set. It I couldn't fathom it as a goal until it happened. But I had my first six-figure month, excuse me, six-figure yeah. month, single month, and it was cash in hand. It was yeah. not in sales because there was even more soul, but it was six figures cash in hand. And I had never, I hadn't thought that big yet. Yeah. And so every time. I'm even like playing, I'm, I play big, but I'm still playing small considering that I'm playing big, if that makes sense to folks. Mm -hmm. And I don't celebrate as much because I'm always like on to the next thing. Yeah, we're going to talk about strengths today. My number one is futuristic. I'm always mm -hmm. on to the next thing. And so now my, my big one day goal is I am building a global multimillion dollar professional development, culture transformation, consulting agency. I'm a little black girl from Prince George's County, Maryland with a whole consult, a global consulting agency. And you're going to do it. Like it's not even like a maybe or okay, that's maybe kind of possible. And I think for, for everyone listening, you heard her say that she, she just celebrated a six figure mom. She's looking at, you know, $600,000 a year, et cetera. And those can sound like really big numbers, but Denitris, and she'll tell you this herself, when we first started working together, she had told me her first client that she worked as a beta client was $15. That was two and a half years ago. Look at what you've created. 
literally in two and a half years. was what I charged the first one. Like, hey, let's just test this and make sure I got it. My first payment was $25. We all start somewhere. Mm -hmm. $25. So if you're like, no, that seems unattainable or that would take me 10 years or 20 years, we put so many limits on ourselves of what's possible. You've already made six figures in in a month. You just have to do that again and again and again. Like you've already done it. It's not like something you're trying to do. You've done it. So I am so excited for you. And yes, we, we originally, we talked about so many different things we talked about today, but honestly, I think this conversation was exactly what it was supposed to be for whoever needs to listen to it. Um, but you do definitely want to check out Demetrius because I know you, I, I'm not going to try to butcher what it is, but tell everyone what you're certified in, in terms of the strengths assessment that you do and how we can find you online. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in addition to doing like executive and brain-based coaching, I am a certified Gallup Clifton Strengths Coach. And we all take all of these assessments. We've all taken our favorite, at least three or four in our time, Myers-Briggs, Strengths, DISC, all the things. I love Strengths because I think that it is one of the more thorough um, assessments. It gives you a list of your 34 sort of natural themes and natural traits um, in order of how often you lean into them. And that's usually for folks that are like working. So how do you be a better employee, right? And so as managers, how do I better manage my employees so that, that I'm I'm doing, I'm developing them based on the things that they're good at, as opposed to trying to help them close gaps because that's sort of antiquated, right? You can get better faster and have more impact if you focus on the things that you're already good at than if you keep trying to get good at the things you suck at. And that, that's at the premise towards strengths. And so my take on strengths is I usually, I guess I do it in corporate spaces and and with teams and things like that. But the thing that really like lights me up around strengths is helping other business owners think about how do I leverage my strengths to build up my business with more ease, with more alignment. And like, because it's all about knowing yourself, right? What comes easy for me? What feels good? Like, I know I need a coach, not all the time, but I know that I need those those touch points because I'm going to get in a swirl because I'm going to have the ideas I'm going to map out the plan and then I'm going to move to another idea and map out another yep. plan another idea somebody at some point I'm going to have to call somebody and say hey I got 35 things going on help me right get down to something I know because I don't have execution it's not my thing or I know because I know that about me I know who to surround myself with I know how to structure my offers. I know how to build out my organization, right? And it and I stop doing things in the way that people tell me I should do them, right? Because we all follow everybody, right? We 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 hear the message. If you're not good at execution, go find the person that's right. really good at doing it, right? And then you're going to time block and Pomodoro method and all the things, right? Well, those techniques are because you found someone that's good at it. It's likely right. that their top 10 is execution. So if I'm doing what comes natural for you, if I'm trying to do what comes natural for you and want it to be as easy for me to do it your way, and then I'm like discouraged when it's not, well, it's because the way you do it is not the way I should do it. So instead I need to find my way. I can still get it. It doesn't mean I can't execute. We can't be successful without being able to get things done. But the way I approach execution is not going to be the same as a person who's great at execution naturally. I got to trick myself like I'm my toddler and I'm sneaking broccoli into his food. I got to say, oh, this is a new cool project. And I, I got to lean on my activator or I've got to bring in a team, right? I've, in order for me to execute, I got to make it real, real small, real fun, real clear. But I know that about myself. So I know how to do it. And I know who I need 
to, to help me support. And so that's what I try to help other business owners do. Who do you need in your corner? How do you structure your offers? Right. I'm a relator. I don't want to be networking all day. I don't want to have to go live all day. Like that's not me. I can't, I can't do it. I need connection. I want to talk to people one-on-one or, you know, one to five or something like that. But I know that about myself. And so I'm not building something that requires me to do that. I used to, I tried, I used to do when I first started, I was doing a video series every single Tuesday for six months. Yeah. And And I think that's important for people to hear because you just heard Denny has a multiple six figure business and people always a lot of like new clients or people that are trying to grow a business, they're like, yeah, but I don't have enough followers. How many, you don't even have a thousand followers on Instagram, do you? <laughs> I don't remember the last time I posted on Instagram. <laughs> like, uh, she, she's, the point is find, uh, people are everywhere. We are on a planet with 8 billion people. It is not just LinkedIn or Instagram or YouTube. People are, there's people in real life too. I know we forget that sometimes, but people are everywhere. <laughs> Yes, we were doing business before there was social media. Yes, we were doing business before there was the internet. Oh yes. God. Shocking for some of those who weren't even born back then. This is what's still happening then. So yeah, like that, you know, that really is the like that that's like my my fun stuff. I love, I love doing that and seeing it like click like you mean I don't have to do it that way. I can mm-hmm. I can build this. You mean I don't have to have social media and I can still build a business? Yeah, yeah. You you can. You gotta find a way to talk to people. Right. You gotta find you a way to talk to people. humans. Yeah. Right. You gotta interact with humans one way or another, but you can do it in a way that works for you. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and you can also figure out the way that things that, you, that come naturally for you aren't working for you. Because these people think about this strength as if it's a, you know, a list of all things that are helping you. Your number one can be the thing that's holding you back because you're not using it in the right way. Yeah. And so that also gives you that perspective. Like, when do I, how do I need to dial this back because it's actually slowing me down? And so I really love helping, helping um, business owners just get, get that clear. Because when you're trying to do it somebody else's way, mm-hmm. it's harder. <laughs> it takes longer and you don't yeah. do it as well. Like, I can't be you. Like, yeah, every strategy works, right? It's really what's the right strategy for you. We've all mm-hmm. seen somebody blow up on YouTube, somebody else who's really great at speaking at events and built a multi-million dollar business from that, somebody else who used Instagram, somebody else who used the funnel, somebody else who just sent out a few emails. It's not the strategy. Sure, yes, we need a strategy, but it's really you and being aligned with your strengths. That's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, who, who are you going to do it? The thing that you're going to stick to is the thing that comes easy. Yeah. You're not going to stick to the thing that feels like stress that you don't want to do, that you're huffing and puffing about, that makes you want to pull, you, pull your hair out. You're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to give that up. You're going to fall off. You're going to do it for two months and you're going to stop doing it. That's why you have, don't remember yeah. the last time I posted on Instagram. So, <laughs> so where can we find you <laughs> that you are actually posting? Um, I'm not posting. I'm always on Facebook, um, okay. but... I, you can find me on LinkedIn. That is really my home base. So it's linkedin.com slash in slash Denitra Sparrow. We'll put it in the show notes. Okay, please. Because my (laughs) name is Lon. You can find me on my personal website, denitrasparrow.com or on the business website, which is culturerefinery.com. And we're in all those places. I mean, I'm on Instagram. You can find me there. Yeah. I'm going to try to post a little bit more. But I think, uh, <laughs> well, hopefully you'll post this interview. Give the people a little depth. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen, if I had some followers there, it's the thing. I can't talk into the void. And, you know, I, I just, I just look, you're up to 600. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. 
I remember the days I was at 89. I remember too. <laughs> so you're doing something. Something's bringing the people in. business owners too. So that's probably part of it. But yeah. Listen, find me. I'm responsive. I can be of any help. Happy to do so. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to connect with you. And I'm excited to, I want us to like, when you have your, because it's happening, your multi-million dollar company, I want us to like do some fancy, I'm not going to cuss, but in case someone's listening with their kids, but I think you get the point, stuff together. Like go, let's go like on a fancy trip on a yacht and just like celebrate. (laughs) Let's do it. That's, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm I'm with that. I, we might have to put a little bit more uh more clarity around that goal. Yes, we do, because then it will happen. So it's so it's really attainable. So I know it's like how many million dollars before I get to go on the yacht? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. Is it one of our yachts or is it a rented yacht? Those are two different types of vacations. Right? I mean, it sounds <laughs> like we need to have you because you gotta you gotta keep it motivating along the way. You gotta have something to reach for that feels close enough in reach, yeah. almost can touch it. So maybe the first time it's on somebody else's yacht. That's fine. That's fine. And That's then, fine. you know, one of these days it's on it's on our yacht. I love it. Thank you so much. We're going to drop Denise's information. Definitely connect with her. If you or an organization that you are part of or connected to would love her magic because she's definitely magic. Thank you so much, Denny. I hope this episode gives you more clarity and proof that you can create a life you truly love. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to connect and serve those who are ready to use their ideas and experiences to positively impact the lives of others. If you want to connect more, follow me on Instagram at The Bravo Life.